This episode of the FBI Basement is brought to you by Dudley Fried Chicken. That's right, Dudley Fried Chicken. Now available with Colonel Chico's own special mix of herbs, spices, and human body parts. Try our $5.99 bucket of Chico's Chicken today. This is a Medicinal Mass Network production. Enjoy. What's up, Truth Seekers? Welcome. Not much. What's up with you? Blew my rhythm there. Welcome to the FBI Basement. This is the podcast where we watch and review every single episode of the Hit 90s series, The X-Files, and we do it... To defeat Xenu. Wait. Xenu is my homeboy. <laughs> it's going to get crazy pants in here today. We're going to be reviewing... Something that has nothing to do with Scientology. Um, nothing at all. Uh, and more to do with chicken and uh, the eating of people, apparently. And this gets a little Shirley Jackson-y, I think. And this is going to be called uh, Our Town, which I think is a reference to an Arthur Miller play. It is not Arthur Miller. Who did Art Our Town? Oh, my God. I hate you so much right now, Mr. Huff. I don't remember. I may actually have to look it up. Hang on. <laughs> You know what's bad is I was in our town and I don't remember. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue too because it was done at my school a few times. Yeah, I. It's a Thornton Thornton Wilder. Thornton, Thornton Wilder, Wilder, everybody. Thornton, Thornton Wilder, not, uh, not Arthur Miller. Okay, Arthur Miller. Miller Arthur did Miller did like the Crucible. Crucible and Death of a Salesman and also Marilyn Monroe. He did do Marilyn. Monroe. Yeah, he did Marilyn. Arthur Miller was married to Marilyn Monroe. She was one of his like five wives. Um, yeah, he he got married a lot. Yeah, it's Thornton Wilder, everybody. Thornton Wilder. Well, this episode was actually. And he really looks like a guy who would be named Thornton Wilder. This episode was not written by uh, Thornton Wilder. No, this it wasn't. It was... is actually written by someone we're going to see it quite a bit of. Frank Spotnitz. Frank Spotnitz. I think this is the first episode he wrote. It is also... It's also not a great first thing, but when you realize what you're going to get later. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to be huge for the X-Files later on. And this is uh, directed by Rob Bowman. Yeah. And, and uh, this is, yeah, this is going to be one of those things that you're going to get with these two. Originally airing on May 12th, 1995. This is the second episode, or sorry, the 24th episode of the second season. One more to go, folks. <laughs> and uh, I am your host and the master of ceremonies for these proceedings. And I'm joined today by our usual gang of conspiracy nuts and uh, subversive individuals. Uh, first off, my wife, the incredibly talented and uh, always effervescent Shannon. Susan and I were going to be in our town. I do a lot of things. The Susan, uh, the sometimes quixotic, but mostly, uh, but mostly, I'm uh, grounded, Marissa. What'd you mostly. say about my mother? Many things, many terrible things. Oh, so that's what Spotnitz is doing now. Sorry. I was just curious. Spotnitz is currently uh, the showrunner on Man in the High Castle. Huh. Yeah. And here comes uh, Valentine. What up? He's a berserker. I'll be it. We would like to remind <laughs> you that we come to you uh, free of charge at the point of access. Every, every episode is free and uh, <laughs> available on the Medicinal Mass Network on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. 
Google Play. I think we're on Google Play. Yeah, we are. We're on, we're on everything. Anywhere you can get a piece of audio. Uh, I will also be screaming it out of the Jeep like I yell at dogs. Right, but we do this all for free. Uh, but if you listen and you like what you hear and you want to support us, you can check out our Patreon page. That is patreon.com slash FBI basement or find it through the medicinal mass website. It goes to the um, uh, Patreon where you can uh, become a basement dwelling supporter of the FBI basement. You can donate at many different levels, uh, but even a donation of as little as $1 gets you access to our Discord channel uh, and several other uh, neat little bonus episodes, audio goodies. I will also yell your name at Ducks at the park. Yeah. Thus, we begin the late night in the woods near the town of Dudley, Arkansas, Dudleyville, get the tables, Devon. I don't know the song. Otherwise I would start singing it. I just, I know that you're supposed to get a table. And then I like threw my hands up All like right. the D I don't, I don't know. A middle-aged George Kearns is engaged in a late night tryst with the younger Paula gray. And, uh, they're wondering why it, the men would rather be in a hotel in a motel room or something, but uh, she insists on keeping him out in the woods. I like that there is a comment where it is, well, it's not like you're in high school anymore. It's like, how long have you been fucking her, dude? <sighs> oh, now I feel unclean. Can can I quit the podcast to go take a scalding hot shower? Well, uh, apparently they also live in a town where everybody's up and everybody else's business. Yeah, I know wonder that what feel, that's bro. like. But if that's the case, then they already know that those two are doing it, so it doesn't matter where you go. She gets out of the car, but before he can follow her, he has a sudden violent seizure and hurriedly dry swallows a handful of pills. Oh, I thought this was—I thought these were Viagra's. First. Yeah, like he—he's like, hey, look, it's a little purple <laughs> pill. I'm like, no, no one gags that hard on taking pills that are Viagra. Like those are about the size of my potassium pills, and. I, kudos for being able to dry swallow that, bro. I've never heard of pills being taken as an emergency, as needed for seizures, though. Never if you're happened. having a seizure. Don't you, can't, you? Aren't you completely unable to swallow shit? Well, and also the idea of anticonvulsants is that you're supposed to build it up in your body because it's supposed to stop the convulsing your brain from firing weirdly for a seizure. Uh, nothing that makes sense with the science and medical science in this episode is going to work out because they're going to talk about a disease that is not the disease that they are actually talking about. It turns out that Paula wants to play hard to get and be hunted down in the woods by this guy. Hey, who doesn't have this fantasy? Who doesn't have the fantasy of being chased in the woods and then taken down and hit with a rock and then just why are people looking at me like that? And held down and had sex with on an extremely wet blanket. Like, oh. Who wants to have sex on a wet blanket? Oh. Well, this guy runs into <laughs> runs off in the direction of his. Po- I have a question. Uh, Why do we keep talking about my sex fantasies on this podcast? But he turns out there's someone else waiting for him in the. There's someone else waiting for him in the in the um uh, in, in the woods. And uh, he is brutally axe murdered by a, by someone in a problematic mask, in a tribal looking mask. Super problematic, guys. It seems like the frame stealing monster. Calm down. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it's not it's the frame stealing monster though. It was the slow mo monster because there was no frame stolen. There was actually all the frames were there. It was just really slow. No. <laughs> okay, so it's his was cousin. It's- was it slow motion or was he just moving very slowly with that axe? Opening theme. Mm-hmm.
I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hey, you two coming? You go ahead, honey. I want to talk to these folks a little bit longer. Now, I said Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's only one way to cook Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken, and that's my way. We always use plump, young broilers, always fresh, never frozen chicken. It's cut in pieces, and each piece is dipped in milk and egg wash, then into seasoned flour, in which we have the 11 different spices and herbs for flavor. One more thing, folks. It's the only way that you're going to get chicken that is finger-licking good. And I'd be mighty proud to have you try Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mighty proud. Excuse me, Mona, will you please? <laughs> hey, look at there. Didn't I tell you it was finger-licking good? <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. If you want Kentucky Fried Chicken, you have to visit me. So apparently Kearns was a poultry inspector for the Department of Agriculture, which is why the, ex the the FBI is called in to check this out. Chickens. They're called in because of the chickens. Now he is assigned to the famous Chaco Chicken plant in Dudley. Chaco Chicken. God, Chaco I went, Chicken. Mm -hmm. I put that on a shirt. Marissa, get uh, the boys in the lab working on this. <laughs> Chaco so Chicken. obviously thinking that this isn't, this isn't going to lead anywhere, but... um. Uh, like Waco chicken. Wait, no, sorry. That just, I'm Dos sorry. Pollos? Dos Hermanos Poyos? Wait, anyway. Dos, anyway. Apparently, this comes, the, the, Mulder's interest came from uh, some video footage of a man in a mental hospital talking about the, talking about fire spirits and pounds of flesh and how they would not let him get him. I, I just absolutely love the guy in the video. Like, this is like my favorite thing. I just, I would watch this for hours. I also like the thought that Mulder has just hundreds of these videos and he just watches them. And this is when he's like, yep, this one seems like there's something to it. <laughs> and well, also, you find out later that Mulder not only watches porn, but like he literally will watch videos and feel either really good about his life or really sad. Like we're going to find out at some point, like there's a really great fake out in like later seasons. Like it's a, a fake out season thing that they do on a two parter where Mulder is watching the Bigfoot tape, and then the next thing you hear is like a bullet? Like, you hear a gun go off, and it's like, the implication is Mulder commits suicide while watching the Bigfoot tape. <laughs> like, the classic Bigfoot tape. <laughs> so Mulder does. He just has all these tapes. Like, I don't know if That's they're carefully thing. labeled. <laughs> yeah. Mulder goes to check... Mulder and Scully are checking out the uh, place of the strange sighting, the... What do they call them? Foxfires? Yeah, they, they talk about Foxfire, which I hadn't heard of before. So I had to look it up. I've heard of Firefox before. Firefox is a great backup browser if you certainly don't want to ever use anything done by Microsoft. I have some issues. Uh, no, what they're talking about is a bioluminescent. It, it's like St. Elmo's Fire, which... Is I, a thought really, was, I thought it was something to do with like Native Americans and spirits and, and stuff. It it is, but it isn't. Basically, fire uh Foxfire is um so Foxfire is basically it's like green lights, basically it's bioluminescence that comes. It's like on St. Elmo's fire, you see it on ships. It's just it's a natural occurrence of bacterium and algae and bioluminescence. Firefox is when you have it with uh swamps, basically. It's the same thing. And yeah, it can be, it's considered fairy lights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, they, they find also at the side of this thing was like a clearing made by a bonfire and what's known as a witch's pig. I've never heard of that. It was, it was a stick pounded into the ground. I've heard of those though. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I'm right. It's basically bioluminescence created by a species 
species of fungi that presents in decaying wood. It's basically, it's like, it is, it's like St. Elmo's fire. Not the Joel Schumacher thing. Uh, Witches pigs? No. Um, <laughs> I have, but not like that. Like, it's not, yeah, if you see shit like that, it's not necessarily that. I've heard of planting a tree on a witch to keep the soul from roaming. Well, uh, the two were met by the local sheriff, Tom Ahrens, who is friendly in a very, very creepy way. He kind of vaguely looks like Randy Travis did back in the 90s. <laughs> All too many perfect teeth. Like, they stick so out a little bit many further teeth. than they should. So many teeth. This is, by the way, a gentleman named Gary Grubbs, who... We will see. Like he is that literally this guy that's been in this thing, and he's all over the freaking place. He does ask about when he he says that the witches' pegs are pretty common around here, as a lot of the people in Arkansas are apparently uh, very, very superstitious. And uh, that's what he says when they ask about the disappearance of Kearns. The sheriff does, says that he was an outsider who made himself unpopular by being a bit of a philander. Is that why he made himself unpopular? And also, Gary Grubbs recently was in a movie that's very popular around here called God Bless the Broken Road. Never heard of it. There's a reason. Kearns's, um, uh wife, Doris, is interviewed, though she doesn't seem very too upset about, um, uh, about, uh, his, about her husband's disappearance, though kind of uneasy about something. And uh, she asked if, Mo if, if George was about to, to fire a report about health violations of the chicken process. Doris uh, says her husband never did. I should point out that this is the Chaco chicken. Chaco chicken. Which is supposed to be Tyson's chicken, I think, which is also based out of Arkansas. It is. This is basically the kind of town where everything is built around a single corporation. You'll be a minor. Every, most everything connected in some way to Chaco's chicken. Okay, so in case anyone was wondering, yes, uh, witch, is peg, witch pegs are a real thing. Uh, the reason none of us have ever heard of it is because we're not from the Ozarks. I heard that's a good show on Netflix. I think it's just like the alternative, like dark mirror universe of Arrested Development. <laughs> um, the next morning, not made from people at all. The next morning, Mulder and Scully are at the Chaco Chicken Plant, getting the look around. <laughs> Apparently, uh, George had been George was an inspector there and had tried to get the plant the place shut down multiple times due to some kind of um. Uh, Stuff like to some do some kind of uh, health regulation. The other inspectors had given it given the place rather high marks. Uh, this is basically like if you are disgusted by the handling of raw chicken. This yeah, I don't good. really know how I didn't get really sick during the scene because this is just like they just chopping up a bunch of chicken. They're like, reprocessing processed chickens. Yes, yeah, so it's like here's the thing about this scene is it's like it's super clean for a chicken processing plant. Like, I think maybe that's why, because I know it's not real, because I've seen the PETA, like, I've seen the PETA videos and, like, the other, like, I've seen the shit that Mother Jones, like, snuck in for, and it's like, this is very clean. There's not blood everywhere. So there's, there's no not, feathers and blood? There's no feathers and blood in this scene. We forgot oh. to mention how uh, that dude's wife looked like a young Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure that was a coincidence. We see Paula Gray, the young woman that was uh, Tristan George earlier, um, uh, clocking in her shift, though she seems nervous and she, like she ain't doing right, you know? And, and erratic. She, she uh, swallows a handful of pills and heads to the process. And I'm sure we've all been there just medicating ourselves to get through a shift. I do it a lot. 
Apparently, Kearns had a bone to pick with just about everyone in the town and current federal government, against whom Kearns had fired a huge workers' compensation lawsuit, claiming working (laughs) at the plant was giving him terrible headaches. In the middle of their conversation, however, Paula sees George's severed head on a stake in the conveyor belt rather than a chicken carcass. Ah. And she begins screaming. He pulls him in and, and puts a knife to his neck. There's a very tense moment. Before... Oh, we got a, we've got another trope mark here. This is where Mulder's, Mulder and Scully have their guns trained on the uh, armed assailant, and they're saying, we got this, we got this. And then the local PD decides to take a fucking side shot and kills the person before they can understand what exactly the fuck is and going on. And then she on. falls into the processing. Um, yeah, it was so disgusting. It was just <laughs> just gets hauled away, covered in chicken stuff. Okay, so what I should note is our amusing anecdote here is that before this scene, Todd went and made dinner. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, just as we get to the chicken processing, he's like, here are your chicken nuggets. I'm like, <laughs> oh, thanks. They were really good. They were really good. They're really good. They're <laughs> excellent. <laughs> we need to get more. <laughs> the plant's doctor, uh, Vance Rudolph. Okay, Randolph. Can, wh- how? Why is there a doctor? Well, certainly, we've never worked in a place that employed a doctor that that employed a quack doctor. The okay, so that guy was a gynecologist. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to employ a quack doctor to to no bark, you know, not write you off work when you were about to die. <laughs> he wrote me off the time that I nearly passed out in his office. But apparently, um, uh, he both Kearns and Paul Gray had been uh in there for headaches and insomnia, but he was unqualified to diagnose their psychological problems, if anything other than stress. <laughs> Uh, Scully, of course, wants to do a an autopsy, but of first, course she does. First, she needs to get permission from uh, the company founder and then uh, Walter Chaco, who is Paula's grandfather. Oh my god, he is the best! Apparently, uh, he is out in the back tending to a small coop of chickens. You feel like Mr. Chaco might have some opinions, though, about how the world should work? Oh, he's even got a sassy black um, uh, maid that I'm sure he calls Mammy. Chaco's chicken. Chaco's chicken. Chaco's chicken with 11 herbs and spices. Chaco's chicken. It's not human flesh. It's so good. It'll make you convulse. (laughs) But he he goes on this bizarre tirade about how chickens are the chickens are perfect because they remember how it used to be when the white man had one of them in all of their pots and the duckies the duckies knew their place just like cordelia in there is a color mammy isn't that right mammy yes mr concho yes it is stupid white man what'd you say there mammy nothing there mr concho nothing one day i'm gonna rise up and kill all the white people in town what was that nothing <laughs> So a play in four acts. <laughs> Long story short, after a very uncomfortable after a very uncomfortable scene, Scully gets permission to do the autopsy. Like she's really excited. Like I guess he thought she was pretty and white enough that he's like, "All right, you can touch my granddaughter." Apparently, Scully has a Scully finds that she was suffering from Rootsfield Jacob disease, also known as Mad Cow disease. It's not a hereditary brain disease that would have killed her within a few months. And it's not. It is not mad cow disease. Interestingly enough, according to company personal records, Paula was born in 1948, making her 47 years old. She does not look that old. <laughs> no, which again, 
begs the question, how long had she and George been getting it on for him to be like, you're not in high school anymore? Something. George Kearns uh, apparently also had the same thing, the same thing, which is rare that they, that the two uh, diseases would pop up so close to each other. Yeah, she said it's statistically impossible and it's not communicable like that. But apparently it is because by eating it. Um, ish. Like basically it can be genetic, but it also it also masquerades as Kuru, which is the disease that you get from eating human flesh. Right. While they're driving down the country road, presumably on to on their way to check on uh, the records, a truck nearly veers right into him and then off the road Dear God, I hope- a bunch of chickens into the river the, chickens. the, the cartage is kind of like you know made a little bit made a little it's bit kind of made wacky comical by the all the feathers that go flying when that truck hits the lake here's a fun fact the only thing that you can actually legally throw from your car is chicken feathers without what? getting a uh, yeah without getting a littering ticket what the hell so, yeah, if I ever get pulled over for littering, no, officer, it was chicken feathers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be tested for drugs. It better not be a uh, goose or anything like that. Are you going to get a fucking littering? Was it $500 fine? Eagle feathers. Yeah. <laughs> American bald eagle feathers. Bird law. That falls into bird law. Bird law. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I don't know what I'm doing. Turns out that the gentleman in the truck was experiencing the same symptoms as Kearns and Gray. So that is three cases of an incredibly rare hereditary disease showing up in the same small town. But it's not really hereditary, though. It's actually more common than that. I mean, it's not mad cow disease. It's not bovine encephalopathy, spongy encephalopathy, which is mad cow disease. It's, you know, it... One, it has the same effects as Kuru. Two, it's um, it also seems to be more common now because we understand that it's just basically the proteins in blood that it can actually be transmitted bluntly if a protein just misfolds. Uh, Scully has a theory now: is that the town is that the um, uh, t- is that someone in town whacked George to keep him from talking uh, from ex- from telling the. Exposing the companies, yeah. Yeah. And she said, like, she thought that, um, yeah. While Crutchfield Jacob is not ordinary or ordinarily not communal, it can be transmitted by eating parts of a contaminated animal's nervous system. Specifically, people. It's specifically you eat human people. Well, they're talking about eating the brain and the spine and stuff like. Yeah, and that's why they say it's a. That's why they say it's more likely that it's Kuru. And most of those cases are Kuru because you see it in Papua New Guinea because it's a part of the rights of eating people. Um, we have rights to eat people. Okay. They we do. It's the a reli- right. it's a religious right, R-I-T-E. Thank you very much. It's their first amendment right to eat people. And the question was, did they dispose of George Kearns by dropping his body into the plant's feed grinder, which would have contaminated the chickens and all the people who ate them? Oh God! Not Which the chickens. Then suddenly puts you in a poop to a position of uh, of a chickens widespread 
health crisis, which they've already dealt with one of those this season. Yeah, when they were at that cri- crash, though, at the lake, uh, Mulder is, was asking the dude, what's all this crap in the water? And he said, oh, it's just... Uh... It's runoff from the chicken plant. Like, and he's like, wow. hey, we need to drag this lake, and he didn't want to do it. And he said, I can get my boys down here. I got a case of beer for them. They get the job done real quick. He's like, no, nah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's when they went, uh, started pulling up bags and bags of bones. Yeah. Right. Uh, is this when this like entire episode gets weirdly wicker manny? Oh, it really does because they are starting to pull up bones and Mulder notices. Which makes it really funny that the sheriff still looks like Randy Travis in the 90s because he did actually have a song that was Digging Up Bones. I should have sang that for the theme. Digging Up Bones. Yeah, I don't know the song that, that well, would have been bad. Uh, they, find, <laughs> they, find George, they find George's skeleton. And uh, they and which they which Scully's able to identify from the pin in his um, uh, femur. It was funny in that scene too because he walks in and she's already got all those fucking bones sorted. Like for her, it's, putting a skeleton together is like uh, finishing like a human Rubik's cube. Yeah, I was about to say it's like well, it's like getting a jigsaw puzzle for her. Like yeah, but she like can, she didn't, is this also the scene where she's got the chicken? The no, fucking chicken. That's later. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love how much Scully eats chicken. Like something strange about the bones, however, is the fact that the uh, ends of them seem to have been polished. They're smooth, and while erosion could account for that, not the kind of, but it would need a lot more heavier current than what was found in the river. And it would have polished the whole bones altogether instead of just the ends. Right now, at the chicken plant. Uh, I, I freaking love these guys at the chicken plant. The the doctor and the foreman are like just yeah. so great. Clearly, they seem to be aware of something more going on here. You know what? These are the people that the syndicate should be hiring to do their conspiracy work. <laughs> Doris then approaches. Doris later approaches. Um, uh, approaches uh, the sheriff to ask to ask what what was found in the river, and yes. Her husband's phones were bound, and now she seems very upset about it. Yeah, looking back at this, she's really like, uh, I don't know who they're playing to because they both, like, we we find out, but I mean, it's weird. It's a weird scene. It, it It's sort of like, I don't, I, I think if we're looking at like a freshman work, Frank Spotnitz, and I'm not 100% sure, sure of it is, that it is, it's kind of great to see that you know he's going to go somewhere with this like he's going to be pretty influential in doing a lot of x-files stuff and especially um trying to make myth arc coherent when it just gets in fucking coherent but the problem is this is still an episode of the x-files that they didn't put a lot of thought into so change for a character from scene to scene sometimes and this is doris is kind of exhibit a of that in this episode and the disease apparently spread oh no was it the next scene that we get to then that uh, scully's got the bucket of chicken and he's explaining to her that uh and then <laughs> she she like swallows what's in her mouth and she disgustedly puts the chicken box down and takes <laughs> one last glance never the bucket down man Scully is like got a 20 piece. Scully's got this huge bucket of chicken and Mulder is, has a, has a fun new theory about why the ends of the bones are polished. It's called pot polish. And that comes from, from being boiled in water, which suggests cannibalism. The funny thing is she left like a trail of greasy fingerprints on every doorknob all the way down there. Can can, can I say it? Can can I say it? Dad, can I say it? 
and and that's when the cannibalism started. I said the thing. I said the thing. Okay. Um, um the yeah yeah of, and also this feeds another theory that suggests that suggests that um uh, Paula's youthful looks can can be explained by a belief shared across several mythologies and religions that flesh enhances the eater's powers lengthens their lifespan which is interesting because um no no that's no that's not no but then they interesting still- though there was a study done where they took um they took rats and they gave they injected them with younger rats blood and the older rats like started like their gray hair turned black again and they huh, became yeah. a little bit more vitalized uh, another interesting thing about rats is that they really love the taste of human flesh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They start at the soles if you're sleeping. Yep. Um, uh, they head to the Ugh. courthouse to they cut they head to the Why? courthouse to, to finally pull Paula's birth certificate. But it turns out it turns out that uh, someone has torched the records. Specifically, the records. Nothing else. Just these records. Uh, yeah, the fire was recent too, but like they didn't burn the whole fucking building down. They just burned it and then like put it out. Yeah, they were responsible arsonists. <laughs> Mulder then gets a call. It was from, also a gas fire, wasn't it? Which that's really impressive that you can. Smokey the bear helped him with that one. <laughs> Only you can prevent human fi- yeah, forest fires. Now give me that femur. <laughs> Doris goes to Doris goes to Chaco, who um uh, who is dealing with the fact that the townspeople are growing uneasy, especially with these FBI agents around. Doris cannot bear the guilt any longer of what about what she was responsible. For. And Chaco reassures that you know, in a fatherly, you're one of us now. We're going to take care of you, home and. This guy should, might as well have just been Christopher Lee. But she does actually give a give a phone call to um, uh, Mulder and Scully. Scully goes to uh, agrees to go and meet meet Doris, and while Mulder goes to Chaco's house to confront him. <laughs> no, Scully, I will go take. Yeah, it's this is pretty glorious. The masked Axeman appears in in Doris's house and He's the Axeman. Sorry. Wait, no, no. The and and. and she screams before we go to commercial. We come back. Scully's in the uh, Scully's in the house and trying to find her. Mulder heads over to Chaco's house, but Chaco is not there. He's let in by the maid. While he's waiting around for the maid to see if um, uh, Mr. Chaco is awake, he looks at one of his display shelves where he sees uh, the J- the Jale tribe of Papua New Guinea. Deep Papua, dive on that one, huh? Papua. Papua New Guinea um, uh, is uh, in pictures along with some bones and other artifacts. And uh, he finds another large cac- large uh, locked cabinet and asks if he knows what's in asks the maid if she knows what's in there. Do you she have says, a key? Oh, no need. No. I don't need a warrant. <laughs> because, Mulder, because Mulder is a special agent of the Federal Bureau of Breaking Your Shit. He... Okay, so what I really what I really like about this scene, and I don't know if it's just our copy of it on like the DVDs or Blu-ray, what is just how long of a like beat there is between her saying, I don't have a key. Why would I have a key? And Mulder just being like, Oh, it's cool. And then her saying, What wait, what are you doing? And like she says it with no passion. Like, what are you like hey, well, she ain't about to, She ain't about to touch, touch a white man. She knows. She knows better. She knows the white people in this town are cray. So she's just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, now I'm out. Oh, <laughs> uh, in fact, yeah, she completely dis- disappears. Like she from the disappears. Scene like she magic- right after right after Mulder smashes open the the chest and reveals <laughs> several heads. And I'm gonna turn it over to Marissa to sort of describe these heads here. 
I have to. Um, let me see. Let me grab that image again. Oh, it's. I can say some things about the shrunken head stuff that I just am like, nope, sorry, not even no. They were trying to match the faces of the people that they already showed. I it was like just now when we were doing this episode that I realized that um the guy at the very beginning was that chick's husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right, these aren't bad. They're they're, they're no. not a, a shitty image of them. Hold no, on. I mean, it's not bad, but it's sort of like if you understand how you make a shrunken head. Were they making shrunken heads or were they just uh, preserving them? I don't know. Maybe they were just preserving the heads. I don't I think see. it was. But it's, you shrink the head, though. That's the thing. You remove the, I mean, if you're going to do that, you remove the head and then, like, you stitch up the neck and the eyes. And then you stuff it with sawdust and then lay it out in the sun to dry. And then. Well, how are yours coming along? Uh, I, I'm going to be okay. I think a good batch for the next time we uh, go to con. So, okay. Yeah. I'll have to send you some more. So these heads are in there and Mulder calls Scully to say, like, motherfucker, this guy's got heads. And On like the bricks? Like, oh, meanwhile, Scully's at the, meanwhile, Scully is in the dark house. And, uh, with the so world's is, biggest flashlight. So is Walter Chaco. And, um, uh, with like the biggest flashlight I have ever seen in my life. Hold on. I'm looking at this picture of these heads. That there's, they have their entire necks on here. They didn't just like cut the head off and take the, yeah, I'm that these are the actual people with just makeup done up on them. May very well be. Like, I'm looking at that. That's like not how you do it, but, no. but no. <laughs> Scully is. I think we the... can all agree that when the three of us become serial killers, we know how we're going to do shrunken heads. Oh, we're, we're going to gonna... do this much better than that. We'll be like, yeah, we're not going to. Like, yeah, we're totally not going to kemper this anyway. Chaco, Chaco knocks Scully out and drags her away. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder somehow so manages like... to get. I don't know how Mulder manages to find the the. Oh, wait, they had been to the bonfire area earlier. Yeah. So how many okay. times has Scully been like? Beaten up and taken hostage. This <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. Like she's gonna have what is that? CT, CT, yeah, she's, yeah, she's like got whatever his fucking NFL players get. <laughs> yeah, she's got like yeah, she's gonna have concussion disorder, right? Like she has traumatic concussion brain disorder now, right? right? So, uh, yeah, but they've already uh, cooked and eaten Doris, apparently. <laughs> oh man, yeah. she must have tasted and like she did know, look pretty good. That that I will not lie. That looked the like a very delicious stew. Approaches soup. him and is like lightly dabbing his mouth with a napkin. That is so good. And like, uh, like the indication is that yeah, uh, no. And it's like he is at this point moralizing to them. Come on, we. She was one of us. We can't start eating each other. I like how it's like this is the bridge. This was the bridge too far. Okay, for so cannibalism yeah. was fine. Okay, so like at this point. While we're watching this episode is when Todd hits the pause and starts yelling about like this, this is your bridge too far. And it's like you're expecting people who you normalize to cannibalism like, oh, no, it's totally cool for us to eat people. You're expecting them to have like no like to be have some qualms about eating a member of their group who, by the way, was going to betray these people to the FBI. But your but your thought is let's kill the FBI. You know what happens when you kill the FBI? They send more FBI. For his trouble, Chaco has said he has lost the faith and is uh, complete is beheaded by the Axeman, and they're about to do the same to Scully. But Mulder arrives just in time and puts several bullets into the Axeman. Skip up, be the lobby, but that's yeah. The Axeman. Is anybody else thinking of the opening of the Skyrim game? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. She's about to become the dragonborn. I was thinking uh, during this entire scene, she's just like lolling around and looking. She's not acting very hard here and she's not struggling like she wants to get away. And it didn't seem like, like that thing was really constraining her that hard. Like, they didn't tie her feet together. It was just her hands. It, this is very, very wicker manny to me. And it's like, ah. Uh... I think her deal is like she's just so fascinated with death and morbidity that she's like, okay, <laughs> all right, it's my turn. I I wouldn't be surprised if Scully isn't. And uh, don't look that up. Don't do look not, it up. In fact, do can we just that like out. do not mention any of this in the co- podcast? <laughs> I'm telling you, do not do that. Like, no, I think you're right. It's like Scully's got some weird like sexual predilections, and this is just going to be a part of it. She's like, all right, well, this is something I haven't done before. Let's She's do like, it. She's like, I'm waiting for the insertion. There's no insertion before I get my head cut off. This is a rip. The townspeople all flee the scene for some reason. <laughs> I like how scared they are of a man with a gun that they were going to eat like six hours ago. <laughs> like, oh shit, he killed somebody. Run. Death is real? What? <laughs> we uh, can die pull too? Mulder pulls off the mask and it's um, uh, the sheriff, of course. Almost Word for Scooby- these rotten kids. Which yeah, it was makes almost wonder, Scooby-Doo, right? Why did he give them the bones? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was just going to end up eating them anyways. I think the way that that dude was going about it, he was fine with with uh, bringing them all around because he was going to just end up killing them in the end. Yeah, I think maybe okay, that's I guess some like, of, yeah, uh, I think it keep him there long enough to figure out exactly what, you know, well, it's like mean, the it's... Texas Chainsaw Massacre when the when the cop like he just like slowly gets them into it. Well, I mean, like, think about the number of like insane serial killer stuff or hit men who talk to like undercovers and they tell them these things and it's like like you know like the really good example is like uh kuklinski when he's talking to the undercover and he's telling him how to kill somebody by using like the absorbent the reason he told him all of that shit was he was gonna kill him anyway so what what is the harm and like you know pulling back the curtain if you're just gonna fucking kill him anyway Okay, that's well, for the, the sadistic episode, uh, part of it. They like it. The episode ends with a Scully's well, voiceover. Scully's oh, voiceover, right? <laughs> did it? It did. There were no survivors. Like it was. Well, apparently the chicken factory was shut down for a good oh, yeah, for a while, yeah. pending pending. You know, well, like twenty other that. people came down with the brain disease, but they couldn't uh, couldn't say that it was that they were part of the cult or whatever. I like that it's like we don't know how many people in this town were a part of the ritual, but and my thought is it looked like every motherfucker in that town was at the ritual. Apparently, uh, what is known about Walter Chaco is that a uh, transport plane cont- carrying him was shot down over New Guinea in uh, 1944, and that Chaco was the only survivor of that crash, and he spent about six months with the Jolly tribe. And he was like 90 years old when he died right there. Yeah, but apparently he looked didn't, but he looked like he was in his late sixties, maybe. Looked like he was maybe in his sixties. So it's like you know, and they had never confirmed the cannibalistic practice of the Jolly Tribe. But um, uh, was that also the same plane that was shot down over the Sea of Japan? There were no survivors. There were no survivors. Was it the Sea of Japan? Or was it the South China Sea? That's another show we'll end up probably mainlining after we do finish the basement. Right? We'll do Mash. That's going to be like 20 years of my life right there. 
this episode was in fact very wicker manny but the, the notion of this I mean, you, there might as well have been like there literally might have been at some point where someone just said to like Jocko, welcome fool what time for the sacrifice it, it's very wick it's very much in the th- in, in the uh idea of the wicker man the small community built around a single thing like agriculture or something like that and of course there is also this isn't like going back to irish pagan beliefs yeah this it's is... it's folk horror but it's not like folk horror in the traditional sense of folk it was horror. kind of crafty in in the terms of it was brought it, it brought up like the primitive um uh, tri- cannibal tribes yeah in a uh and about as responsible with race and culture and sensitivity as lovecraft would have been Lol, JK. It would have been worse. <laughs> it would have been so much worse uh, with Lovecraft. I point out that we kind of saw that Scully really likes meat. I love that Scully just eats a lot in the X Files. <laughs> like, anyway, like it's like I mean, she just gets down on food. Like she did that in Red Museum. There's another episode with bones that, like, it's like apparently anytime she's dealing with skeletons, like chicken, fried chicken is her jam. Like. She really wants I just, like cooked meats, and that's just what... like she. I love it that Scully just <laughs> will just get down on some meat, man. When she um, gets done with their autopsy, I, I think her surgical si- gloves. I think her sister is like a is like a. Vegetarian. Oh yeah, no, Melissa's a total vegan, and I'm sure she's gluten free, and you know thinks crystals is medicine. Crystals ain't medicine. Go to a doctor. This is the thing: is that it's like I don't know if it's a running joke or something. I think at one time, I think Julian Anderson is actually a vegetarian, which I think that makes it even funnier. Or she may have been at the time. I don't know. I just like that she has food. I like that she didn't want to put down the 20 piece when Mulder's <laughs> talking about this. Like, I like that she's like, okay. She's we just got to have the gnarliest shits. You got to imagine that being an FBI agent and constantly on the road with the with these weird ass cases, like Scully has eaten at a great cross-section of you know like she is diamonds like, and drive-throughs and like she she is probably got a whatever worse else inte- guy fieri like yeah i was about to say she, her intestines have got to be worse than guy fieri like her insights like her digestive tract is gonna oh, be but the you know she's got to get that donk sauce oh you gotta get the donk sauce i like how we've descended into madness here <laughs> No, I just, I like that this is, like, this is the thing is, like, Scully is just not afraid to eat, like, and that's kind of a refreshing thing where it's, like, food and, like, you know, ribs in Red Museum, the fried chicken, uh, we'll get into the vampire episode, which is kind of fun, that has Luke Wilson, uh, later, so much later, but bitch orders a pizza, and, like, not, like, you know, veggies and like no, like she orders a pizza like you do, Todd. And <laughs> meat. <laughs> like so much meat. And I like that she literally like the look on her face is I really want to eat the chicken, but we just talked about cannibalism. Is that weird? That just made me hungrier. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take the chicken <laughs> with like I feel like she was eating that chicken on the way to wherever they were going. All right. No. And Mulder uh... was like, Can I have one? She's like a little chihuahua. Like she <laughs> growled at him. He tried to get like a drumstick and she just bit him so hard on the hand. Like he bled. All right. So we're going to talk about, about what else did we like about this episode? Anything, anything? Uh, um, see the opening credits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it ended. Right. That was good. It, it, 
it seemed uh it seemed like an episode kind of derivative of of you know some folk horror that we've seen before but i kind of but i like it was all right it wasn't it wasn't terrible i, I think say it wasn't space wasn't, uh you know reviewing it for a podcast I would think here's the thing is that this is sort of keep in mind that the two episodes that we watch kind of in rapid succession, uh, this and soft light are kind of the first things written by people who are a, uh, going to be super important later on. Uh, and a lot of things, like I said, Spotnitz is, uh, the showrunner on man in the high castle, which is a great, great show. And, you know, a Gilgit of course, um, has like, I think, like right now has Emmys like the Cohen brothers do have Oscars just all over the place. Probably these are kind of the first things that they do. And one of the things that you run into is that Chris Carter is still really being a showrunner here and is really putting his greedy little fingerprints all over their stuff. So for the first time that they're doing this, it's not great compared to like, say, you know, 12 billion seasons of well, Better Call Saul and well, you know, all the other stuff. Of, yeah. th there was a lot of talent in the writer's room here. There was a lot of talent that would go on to that are still doing stuff to this day. Oh, no, they're all reason. still doing amazing stuff. Like uh, and the, Morgan and Wong are writing American Horror Story right now. Uh, you know, Gilligan, of course, is doing uh, some show. Anyone, anyone remember the show that, that he's that doing? Morgan, didn't you hear Wong ones that did Final Destination. Uh, yes, they were also the ones who created the Final Destination series. Right. So there was like a whole. This became not just a um, uh, a great prestige sci-fi show during its initial run, but it was sort of the birth of a lot of other careers and so sort of stuff. So that's an interesting thing to look at. And we'll also see Brian Cranston do his dramatic chops in an episode of The X Files. Oh yeah. I'm sitting over here, my mind blown over the Glenn Morgan and James Wong working on. Uh, American Horror Story because I saw James Wong, James Wong's name come up uh, watching he, new episodes and I'm like oh, uh, he, oh shit. yeah Glenn yeah Glenn Morgan and James Wong have been doing periodic episodes of American Horror Story since the second season and the third name on that is also Tim Minera who wrote some of my absolute favorite episodes of Buffy and Angel uh, he wrote Smile Time with Ben uh, Ben England by the way Todd oh cool yeah and it's a great episode of Angel. All right, so I'm going... Uh, oh, and so, also some of my favorite episodes of Firefly. Time to disseminate some information for people before we um, uh, hand out our final scores for our town. First off... I'm the X-Men. The FBI basement comes to you each and every episode via the Medicinal Mass Network by Valentine Strand. Oh, hey, what's up? Head over to medicinalmass.com and uh, there's a donate page there too, as well as links to all of our other stuff. You can uh, link right to our Patreon page uh, if you click on this podcast specifically. And uh, if you like, uh, and if you like to read books, if, you, if you're literate, you might like the books written by my wife, Shannon. Or you could also pick up Gone Girl. Or you could pick up Gone Girl by New York Times bestseller Jillian Flynn. Yes, Nick is dealing with the loss of his beautiful wife Amy on their fifth anniversary. Where can they find your book? I read books. Yeah. Oh, 
They can find that uh, in the show notes or on Amazon on his SC Huff, or they can go to SCHuffWrites.com, or they can try to find me at a convention. Such as? Such are seals. Such are seals. Such as the Imaginarium in uh, Imaginarium in Louisville, October fifth, sixth, and seventh. Or they could try to see us at Conapalooza in um, Bristol, Tennessee. Is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, or at yeah, or Bristol, Tennessee, uh, October twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. Or they can also play Equestria Tales with you at Conapalooza. Hmm. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Oh my I god! I... And uh, <laughs> also the Adite Delight, Marissa, is a maker of art. Yes, I do those things. Usually under the Odd Eight Delight name, just hit me up. Hit me up in Discord. Join this uh join the Patreon, get on this Discord and you can talk to me or join my Discord. Either oh, way. you know what you know what she also does sometimes? And uh you can actually She'll draw live on, she'll live stream her art while she's drawing and play some really cool tunes on, what do you call it, W Chaos? Yeah. You don't have the name right. <laughs> no, that's, that's it. It's, it's just chaos. Todd's now, fired. It's, it's Todd is fired. Sometimes. I change things often. Okay, so uh, we're going to give our final scores for our town, and I am going to give this one an uh, eight-piece uh, homestyle chicken. Oh, I'm I'm gonna give this a solid B plus uh, from the Better Business Bureau. Marissa, I'm gonna give this two and a half buckets of chicken human chum out of five. And Valentine, yeah, I'll give this one one long soak in an ice cold tub of chicken chum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. face down, preferably. Okay. Uh. I like how slowly she sank into that too. Like no one stopped it. It was like, should maybe we? Okay, well, just, they just uh, watched her. Like they just sat there and watched. It wasn't like that was going anyway. Well, folks, we are fresh out of show once again. But tune us in next week. Uh, tune in next week, in which um, we get super culturally sensitive about the Navajo. We learn Mulder's deep dark secret. And some friends come back to town. That's Anasazi. We are finishing off season two, moving into season three. This train just will not stop. The conspiracy train just keeps rolling. And literally there will be train cars in this episode in Anasazi. Like literally, literally stacked to the ceiling, train cars. We're going to be finishing off this, uh, this season and cupping the balls. Is that what you're saying? That's right. I we are going to run a train at the end of the, of this season. Train on it. Okay. So and then we'll run another one when we get to in seven thirty one. Uh oh. Thank on. you once again for listening to the FBI basement on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or Google Play or wherever you 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 pilfer your on demand audio. Thank you for downloading the torrents and please give us a five star review where you found us. Right, please, yes, especially on iTunes that really helps us get information get get us get out to people who want to hear us or don't want to hear us. I I don't really give a shit if someone's listening to us or not. Just give us the review and your money. Review, support us on Patreon if you if you like, but uh, and and just listen to us while you're making love. It can be a part of your intimacy but with your spouse or significant other. 
But if you're really cool, you'll take this link and you'll share it on your favorite X-Files Facebook page with all your friends. Oh, yeah. Please do. This has been the FBI Basement. I am Todd for Valentine, Shannon, and Marissa saying good night. And the truth is out there. You don't talk for me. (laughs) Yeah, now hold her purse and take his balls. Get a lawyer. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Stop squeezing my head. No, no, keep squeezing. Keep squeezing. Hold on. Aww. That <laughs> ruined everything. Motherfucker, this guy's got heads. Not made from people at all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>